Hello, and welcome back to Raising His Kids podcast. Today you've got me. I'm here with Alicia Crasco, and today we are talking about self-reflection and owning your part and seeing where maybe you could also make some changes instead of just pointing a finger, and I'm so excited to talk about this today because I have gone through... Uh, like a healing roller coaster that started here with self-reflection as a stepmom and it just opened up the door for so many healing opportunities for me so I'm so excited to dive deep into this um, and welcome Alicia. Hi Lauren thank you so much for having me I'm excited to be here to, especially to talk about like the unsexy part of being a stepmom. Well before we get into that do you just want to tell us a little bit about like your blended story how you became a stepmom and all that? Yeah I was not looking to date like I was all in on my career like I've always been more career oriented and um, he was like oh I have kids and I'm like oh well that's fine because we didn't even live in the same state like I'm in the U.S. so we live in a different state like I was in Texas he was in Michigan where I am now and it worked Like we did long distance for like a year and a half. And I liked that. Like I had my life with my friends and my work and all of the things. And he had his life and the kids and all of that. And I would always come to Michigan because it was easier because he had kids, right? I had never been married before. I didn't have kids. And then four years later, we got married. And then we added a ours baby in 2019. Um, My stepkids now have a stepdaughter who's 22, a stepson who is 19. So they're both out of the house. They were eight and 11 when I met them. And then our ours daughter is four. It's been um, a wild ride. You don't know. You don't know, right? Like you're like, oh, you know, how bad could it be dating a guy with kids? I love kids. Then there's like all of the different dynamics at play, right? Like the other house, extended family, your family, his family, her family, you know, then like her husband's family or and then societal pressures and all of the things. And I spent the first year of my marriage Googling how to get divorced, to be completely honest with you basically daily because it was like, I did not sign up for this. I didn't realize that it was going to be like this. I thought, oh, it's going to be great. Like I'm just, I fell in love with this guy. Yeah. So he's got kids, whatever. And then like reality set in and I was not prepared for what was to come. And then I finally kind of gave him an ultimatum and was like, hey, we either need to go and get help or we need to like rethink this situation. And I didn't sign up to get married, to get divorced. Like that was not in my five-year plan, right? I don't think anyone is. (laughs) No. And then you're just like, wait a minute, I need out of this. And like, I knew what I needed to do. Like if I needed to get a divorce, like I knew there was a cooling off period if you had kids, but I didn't have kids. So I was like, this would be a relatively clean break. But I was crazy, like still am, but like crazy about my husband and I wanted to make it work. And so it kind of transpired into like, we went to marriage counseling and everything was awesome. I had signed us up because I knew everything that he was doing wrong and everything that everyone else was doing wrong. So we get there and she's like, yeah, you know what, Alicia, you're right. You know, this could be worked on. This could be worked on. And I was like, this place is great. I love this place. Like talk about validation, right? And right. then she goes, can we talk about you? Me? Nothing. No, like, we don't need to talk about me. I wasn't doing anything wrong. Like, hello, did you forget that, like, I didn't show up with kids and, like, an ex? Like, what is going on? Yeah. And so then she was like, well, let's talk about how you're not helping the situation. I was so offended. <laughs> I completely, I am not a person who takes constructive criticism well, so I totally understand that. Honestly, I do take it well, but I was not in the mindset for that because I wasn't doing True. anything wrong, right? Like I, right. I can see what they need to fix, but you can't really come in like guns blazing, which I totally did. And I mean, I was eyes wide open to the situation and could see everything and where like I was emotionally invested, but my husband was way more emotionally invested, of course, because these are his kids. So if he's got me, you know, standing over him like a toddler, like with or a parent with a toddler and I'm like, you need to do this and you need to do that. Obviously, that's not going to go well. And who the hell am I? 
like somebody that comes in, no kids telling you to how to parent your kids. Right. And right. There so many times, I don't know if you felt this, but there were so many times that I thought I don't even have kids of my own, but I'm a better parent than all of you guys. Like, but <laughs> it's just like, Ah, like if you would just do it my way, because my way is right. And what I failed to recognize was that, yeah, while my idea might have been better or my plan of doing things might have been better, that doesn't make it right. It's just different. Right. And it took me a long time to think or like get that through like my thick head, like I'm pretty stubborn to think like just because my way is different doesn't mean that it's right. This way is not working, obviously, so we can make some improvements. But I was way over here on one side and my husband was way over here on another side on a few things. And I wanted him to come all the way towards me. I was absolutely not willing to compromise, but I've learned to compromise. And I've learned that like my way isn't always the best way, even if I think that it is. So yeah, coming in guns blazing was not beneficial for anyone. So long story short, um, I came in, kids were eight and 11. Um, everything was great. Like our, my relationship with my husband was like perfect, like without all of the outside stressors, which obviously right. And then we got married, had our kid, and then things were crazy and tumultuous for a while. And then now everything is like smooth sailing and the kids are out of the house, which I never thought that I would get to this point. Right. right. <laughs> I know. I bet that feels nice. <laughs> How long was he co-parenting for with his ex before you guys got married? Three and a half years, four years. Oh, okay. So he was relatively new to it also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Which is like another hard part, right? Because generally speaking, this isn't always the case. The mom typically does, I would say more of the heavy hitting when it comes to parenting. The dad is helpful or like a supporting actor. And then for him to go and like take all of that on was an adjustment, was a change. Like what is happening? What am I doing? And trying to navigate having two kids by yourself half the week. Yeah, my husband, so they split up when my stepson was like four months old and they didn't get through the court and stuff until he was one years old. So that's when he started having regular visitation is when he was one and he was trying to figure out how to be a parent and co-parent at Mm -hmm. the same time. And we had met like pretty soon after that. So like we were all figuring out together. Uh, So I have three younger siblings that I took a lot of care of and um, I'm a little bossy for it. And like, that's just like my personal guns blazing is like one of my biggest flaws. I go into everything that way. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So I was the exact same way. And I was like, this needs to change and like, you need to have boundaries and like this and this. And then like, it took me a while, but then I like did like the exact same thing as you. I like looked, looked at myself. I was like, we can't get married if this is how we're feeling. So we didn't, uh, we did a little bit of marriage counseling, but they weren't super helpful with the whole like step family thing. So Can we talk about uh, that for a second. So if you are listening to this and you're struggling with your step family and you're like, Hey, I'm going to go and get a marriage counselor, or I'm going to go and get a therapist. That's awesome. Like, I love that for you. The caveat is you have to find somebody that specializes in step family, blended family dynamics. Otherwise it's actually, I would say more detrimental than it is beneficial because your family, because of the dynamics, because you've got two families, maybe three that you're trying to bring together. If you're coming in with kids of your own. It doesn't work as a nuclear or an original family or a first family, depending on how you want to say it, because everyone's dynamics are different. So I just want to put a pin in there because it, yeah, it doesn't help if your therapist is not, or your coach is not specializing or have any knowledge 
in blended families. Exactly. That's such a great like point to make too, because if you're not a step parent now, yeah. or if you're not co-parenting in some way, you have no idea like about the dynamics. I had no idea until I like was Wasn't it? Like, neck deep in it. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's such a, a really great point to make. Yeah. And it's okay to switch therapists or it's okay oh, yeah. to switch coaches, like totally cool. If you go to somebody and you don't get a good vibe from them, and that's okay to be like, hey, you know what? Thank you so much, Lauren. This isn't working. Exactly. Especially like you're going to them for help. So if they're not helping, you're just wasting your time. Yeah, you're wasting your money. <laughs> right, exactly. So I did just want to ask you a couple of questions. And then we also have a couple of listener questions. Ooh, perfect. I love it. Yeah. Okay, so... We kind of touched on it already, but what point did you realize something needed to change, which you kind of talked about in your marriage already, but when you made that decision, what were like the first steps that you made towards making your changes? Okay. So let me just clarify this for a second. When our therapist said, Hey, Lisha, let's talk about you. Uh, My back was up. I was not ready for it. I was totally caught off guard. Like looking back, like I shouldn't have been because I've always been the type of it kind of like you. I have two sisters, like one is 11 and a half months older and one is like almost six years younger, but I did a lot of the raising too. So I was the one in charge. So I was used to it. Like you, like I was like, I'm the one calling the shots. I'm so good at this. Like it wasn't like I didn't have any experience with raising kids. Like I'm not an idiot. Like I've done this before. Granted it was with siblings, but I was still the one in charge and my ideas were better. But when, (laughs) when she was like, actually they might be better. Let's just say that they might be better or they are better, but the way that you're approaching it is not helpful. And I was like, damn it, because my husband had said this to me too. We need to work on your delivery. And I was like, why? Everyone knows where (laughs) they stand. And he's like, yeah, that's the problem. And I was like, it sounds like a them problem, right? Like who cares? And he goes, Alicia, I don't know how many times you said this to me. Like he should have just like taken me by the shoulders and shaken me. It wouldn't have helped. But like, no, (laughs) he would say, you can attract more bees with honey than you can with vinegar. And I was like, yeah, I get that. But he's like, we've got to work on how you deliver things. And so I learned you can say your piece or you can get your point across by being kind. Like who thought I thought because I was a people pleaser So like another part of it was I was a people pleaser and I had ditched that like maybe like five years before I met my husband, but like I had swung the pendulum completely the other way. Like I was kicking ass and taking names and like didn't care. Right. And that doesn't work really well in the step family because you have to have relationships with these people. (laughs) Right. And so I had to work on, you can be kind, you can be firm, but you don't have to be a complete jerk about it. Like you can say, Hey Lauren, if we want to continue this conversation, we're going to have to work on like our dialogue. Like you can't speak to me in this manner or I don't appreciate that or whatever, like setting boundaries. So I had to learn how to be kind and how to set healthy boundaries because I was very black and white. I was very rigid. I was very, um, I didn't like that. So I'm just not talking to you anymore. Like super simple. Like that was really easy. Also not very healthy. (laughs) (laughs) So I worked with her on what is a balance, right? Like you can't just be a, you can't go back to being a people pleaser. I didn't like that. I did it for 20 years. I didn't like that. I didn't like making sure that everyone else was okay. All the while I'm struggling over here. And what I came to realize was I was struggling with the lack of control because I was essentially back in that situation in my step family dynamic, because I didn't have any control over who was coming or who was going. I didn't have any control over like last minute schedule changes, or all of a sudden, like we're out on an anniversary date and we're getting like prom pictures or, Hey, the kids need this or like, we're in the middle of something right now. So I felt like 
my life was chaotic. And so rather than, you know, getting healthy coping mechanisms to like work through those, I just went back to being like super controlling. I'm going to control, like, I'm so good at running my life. Like I'm going to run this guns blazing. Like, but I I know. Yeah. Like, I know that you get it because of basically like what you said. I'm like, we are the same person. Yeah. (laughs) And when I look back at it, I'm like, oh God, I can't believe like I did that. But like, I felt like the same way as you is that not having control was a huge trigger for me. So then I like tried to control everything where I could control it. So And even where I I couldn't, I tried that too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) I know that that doesn't work at all. (laughs) No. And I mean, I tried to control people. I tried to control outcomes. I tried to control everything. The one person that I wasn't trying to control was me. Right. You don't know what you don't know. Right. So if you're listening to this and you're like, that's like, those are the things that I'm doing. You don't know what you don't know. So if you're going through your day-to-day life and you find that you are triggered about last minute schedule changes, that was a big thing for me, or you're triggered that the kids aren't in bed when they're supposed to be in bed. Another huge thing for me, ask yourself why it like, if you're triggered with like the last minute schedule changes or the constant contact for me, it was, I wanted time with my husband. I didn't want to feel like I was competing with someone else for that time, be it his family, be it his ex, be it the kids, whoever. Like I, I felt like I never got him to myself and I felt like I was always sharing. I don't really share that well. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, I feel like I'm always sharing and we're never, it's never just us. And there was never a honeymoon stage, right? Because you have kids before and then you come back and you're like, bam, kids, here they are. Exactly. And then yeah. with, with like bedtime, it was really triggering for me. Same thing because I was like, okay, great. At 10 o'clock, I know that I'm going to be able to spend time with you. Well, now it's 10.05, like five minutes I'm losing. Like, let's go, yeah. kid, right? And right. I would ruin, I would sabotage our nights because I would be so angry. I would be like, you know, covertly trying to be like, get them to bed, hello. And then bedtime would happen and he's exhausted from the day, but then now he's pissed at me. And like, he doesn't want to spend time with me because I was just a jerk for the last half hour, 45 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever. And he's like, listen here, crazy. (laughs) I don't want to hang out with you. And so I got myself to blame for that. And it is funny because again, you don't know what you don't know. So our daughter is four and shockingly bedtime isn't perfect every night, even when I'm in charge, you know, sometimes she's in bed when she's supposed to be there. And sometimes it's 45 minutes later. He doesn't lose his cool about it because he's like, it's, she's the kid, right? Like things happen. And so it was just managing my expectations, which I think is the hardest thing. If you come in and you don't have kids, what does that actually look like? Right? Like before kids, like you could eat off my floors. Like I'm one of those people that's like crazy neat. Now you can't. <laughs> right. Like to put it simply, like my house is still neat, but like you can't, you're not going to eat off the floors. That was something that I really struggled with. Like I'm a like perfectionist vacuum, vacuumer, and my stepkids don't vacuum the way that I do. My husband doesn't vacuum the way that I do. Like I would rather do it because I like how it looks, or even something as simple as like doing the dishes, like when we were like handing things off to the kids. Okay. If there's food still on the plates, they're not clean. Like, that's, I'm not being over the top there. Like that's like a legit thing. So you have to go in, Hey, we're going to sandwich this critique between something nice. Thank you so much for doing the dishes. I noticed that this coffee mug still has a ring of coffee in there. You know, when you're doing it, you know, just here's how it works, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then by the way, when you're standing them up in the dish, 
because we have a drying mat. Like you can't just put it like straight down on the mat because it's going to be all condensation in there, whatever. But thank you so much for doing the dishes. I really appreciate your time. So you start with a compliment, give the critique and then end with a compliment. Something I learned from my husband where before I'd be like, basically, I didn't say this, but basically I was like, listen, idiot, like (laughs) this is wrong. And you didn't do any of it right. Um, It was a little nicer than that, but not much. No wonder I wasn't that great to be around. My delivery was terrible. My expectations were through the roof, like even for me. And I was willing to die on those hills. Looking back, I laugh because I'm like, you are so crazy. I totally get that. It's honestly like validating for me to have this conversation because I would do the same thing where I would like ruin our night because I was so upset over one like stupid thing. Looking back at it, it's like embarrassing to me that I even did that, but I would do it like fairly regularly. If, you know, uh, we have like some conflict with bio mom and if she started conflict with my husband, me and him were automatically having conflict because I was pissed yep. at about that situation and yep. it's just like looking back I'm like why like why would I even do that it's crazy how much you grow once you start realizing that you might not be perfect in every situation too um and it's so essential I think for everybody but especially in a step parenting situation the how much you can grow is unbelievable and in only like a short amount of time because like Mm -hmm. four years ago I was acting like that and now I'm like complete 180 yeah it was like six months ago for me no I'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) kidding. It it was years ago for me too but here okay so here's the crazy thing I was just telling somebody this yesterday when our therapist was like okay listen When you guys, because same thing, we would have a situation with the other house and then we would automatically be in a fight. I'd be super pissed. And then I, same thing. It was pretty much every night that the kids were with us that I would ruin our nights together. And it was like, that was just the way. And like, I know that this sucks, but I don't know how to get out of this. So with our therapist, she was like, okay, listen, here's the deal. You are sabotaging this by doing x y and z by okay if something comes up something comes up it's their kids like something comes up right if they're not in bed at 10 o'clock at night what's the worst thing that can happen so he comes down at five or like 10 05 so you miss out on five minutes or you can keep being a jerk and then you can ruin the whole night and i'm like oh that's actually a good point. Why didn't I think of that? Yeah. But whatever. (laughs) Um or like if there's a last minute schedule change, what's the worst that can happen? Like the kids have to come over, grab something really quick. It's going to take what? 10 minutes. Never mind you. Like I'm on pins and needles and eggshells for the 20 minutes of the whole thing, like for them to come to get whatever and like go. And you're just like, it's okay. It's okay. If I feel discomfort, God forbid, but it's okay. if I feel discomfort. (laughs) But once I started to recognize patterns, like specifically, if I thought something should be done one way and he thought something should be done another way. And I'm like pulling him as hard as I can. And he's not budging because I want him to come all the way towards me. And I'm even though he's at the middle and he's like, Hey dummy, like get over here, like come towards me. And I'm like, absolutely not. I started to see that, you know, she was like, you can't, you can't be black and white. You can't try to run the show. You're not really the one in charge, which like, mm, like it was like a knife to my heart. Right. And she's like, yeah, because I, I don't want to hear that. Hear that. No. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So what I like, this is so crazy. I would, we would be in the middle of a discussion or like a heated discussion and I could, I could feel it. I could feel that it was happening. And I remember the first time that this happened, he was like, are you okay? Because I was like, listen, if you do, oh no. And it like clicked in my brain, like it's happening right now. And so I said, hold on just a second. I need, um, this is really embarrassing, but I know what I'm doing right now as part of the problem. Give me a second. I need to take a few deep breaths. I need to think about this. I need to think about what's coming out of my mouth because I'm about to flip out and that's not helpful. Um, can I talk to you like in five minutes? And then I would like walk away and he'd be like, it's okay. It's okay that you're making a mistake. 
It's okay that you just said, like, I'm not doing the right thing. It's okay. You don't have to be perfect. Right. Okay. Okay. Like, Take a deep breath. Okay. What are we going to do now? This is what we're going to do. I'm going to go back. So I go back and I'm like, hey, I'm really sorry. I'm tr- This is like a behavior that I'm trying to work on, which is like also super scary to admit that I'm working on something like that vulnerability of, hey, I'm screwing up or, hey, you know what, Lauren, I'm really struggling with this. When you see me doing this, can you say something to me? And I had said that to my husband before too. If you see that I'm starting to do something, can you hold me accountable? And he was like, well, I don't want you to flip out on me. (laughs) I'm like, okay. Right. (laughs) Say this. This is going to be like our safe word. You say this, I might not like it, but I'm going to say to myself, we had this conversation. I'm asking him for accountability. As a friend at this point, like, I don't want you in this situation as a friend, you're coming to me and being like, Hey, get it together. (laughs) And that worked. Um, it got better. Um, the more that we did it because I wasn't super keen on being told that I was doing the wrong thing. I don't think that's easy for anyone to hear. Honestly, (laughs) it's not. And yeah, there were so many things that I was doing wrong. And I just honestly, like really, really, really hard. Like sometimes I feel, I don't think I've ever said this on the podcast, so here we go. I've, sometimes I feel like I was like made to be a stepmom. Really? Because I got to like objectively look at myself and okay, so your people pleasing past doesn't serve, it didn't serve you then, it's not going to serve you now. You're super controlling about your life and like how things run. Like, let's go ahead and help you with that will put you in not control of any situation. Um, you're my way of the highway thing. Like that doesn't really work for relationships either. So let's give you a guy that you're crazy about and see how my way or the highway thing kind of goes. It doesn't go very well. Um, right. but it was just like, there's all of this personal growth that you need to do. So let's put you in a situation that's really challenging and see how you do. They're the yeah. worst. I hope they don't eat you. <laughs> yes. That's such a good way to put that though, because being a stepmom has like made me grow in ways I would not have without yeah. being in this role. So that's such a, like an interesting perspective to like think that you are made to be a stepmom because of that. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Do you ever think like if I wasn't a stepmom, do you think I would still be doing like all the crazy things that I did before? Do you ever think that? Um, I don't know. That's hard because I uh, I had only been in like one like super serious relationship uh-huh. before my husband and he also had a kid. So I hadn't okay. like been in a relationship and not been a semi. I wasn't really as involved with the kid in my first relationship, but um, I didn't like get so controlling and crazy with anyone else. And um, I grew up in a high conflict home. So that Mm -hmm. was my communication style because that was all I knew. Mm -hmm. And I didn't change that until I met my husband. So I feel like I probably would have been that crazy if I was with somebody else who didn't have a kid too. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't know. It's hard to say. What do you think? Yes. I think that I, you know what? I think yes until like a certain point because kind of the same thing. I like grew up same like you. But then at some point, I think that something would have happened that would have been like a gut check for me. Like, hey, right. you can't continue on this train wreck, even though like it was working for me, right? It was it was working for me to be super career driven and ending relationships to advance my career. You know, like I had data guys in the past that were like, well, if you choose that job, I'm not going to be with you. All right, we'll see you later. Or if you move for this job, I'm our relationship is over. Okay, we'll see you later. Like, yeah, I was very career driven. I was like, not doesn't paint me in a really good light. But that, that was the reality of the situation. And my husband was the first guy that I was ever willing to compromise with. And I was kind of shocked by that. And I thought, I actually like him because I'm 
willing to do the work rather than continuing this situation or this trajectory of I'm going to do things my way and you're either with me or you're not. And if you're not, that's really cool. Like I'll just find another person. Like it's not a big deal. Right. I had that mindset. So that's why I only had the one other serious relationship because it was like, oh, this isn't working out and I'm not willing to compromise. So, okay. On to the next, I guess. Right. Yeah. It makes it easy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's so much easier to do that than to like actually put in the work. It really is. And that's like a huge thing to admit also that mm-hmm. it's like now you found someone that you're willing to put in the work for and it's double the work because they have a kid or kids and an ex and like all this other stuff. So it's like all or nothing really because it's a lot, it's a lot of work. And then, you know, like you growing up in a high conflict situation, then there's all of like the generational stuff you have to deal with on. To- okay. So you're like, okay, I found some daily. Let me work on myself to like be better. Oh, wait, you know what? They have kids. Okay, so that's another like layer. Oh, and they have an ex. That's another layer. Oh, wait. And then by the way, you now having kids like in your area, like your house, whatever, like your peripheral, they're shining lights on things that affect you and you have no idea why or like what's happening. Oh, by the way, let me tell you what you don't know that you have. You have like some childhood trauma. Like, so we need to work on that too. And you're like, like getting it from like all sides. And you're like, what is happening? I need to show up for myself, but like all of these other people while trying to go through and like do all of this work. And I wasn't prepared for that. And I didn't realize that that was coming. Because it's all at once. Once you start realizing like one of these things, it's like you start realizing all of them. And it's like, oh, okay, well, now I have to work on absolutely everything that's ever happened to me, really. So it's a a lot, but it is worth it. I will say it it is hard in the beginning, but it is worth the work to improve yourself. Um, and that kind of leads me into the next question I have for you is how did you like actually commit to making the changes and all of that, uh, instead of just like reverting back to what was working for you before? Um, I actually liked my husband. Like I loved him, but I oh. actually liked him. Like I wanted right. to like do the work, but then you know, kind of like we just talked, like you start to see like all of these things that you have to do. And growing up, I knew I didn't want this dynamic for me. I didn't want that lifestyle for me, for me, like as a person, for me with a family, for me, like with a partner. And so once I saw that, it was very eye-opening for me to see I'm perpetuating exactly what I don't want to do. And then it was like, I couldn't change things fast enough. And that was really motivating for me to be like, okay, damn it. I see cycles that I'm bringing into this relationship that I'm bringing into this family that I don't want to be bringing in. I've got to do the work like starting yesterday. Once you see that, like once you see whatever your faults are, because they're like on display, like on a stage and everyone's walking by and seeing them <laughs> and you're sitting right. there naked. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't unsee it or I couldn't unsee it. And so then I was like, okay, you have to be serious about this because you're going to keep seeing it. But then also you are the one that's sabotaging this relationship. You know, my husband is like the ice to my fire. Like I'm the hothead and he's like, you know what, Lauren, we're going to get through it. It's not a big deal where I'm like, you know what, Lauren, right? Like right. he's like <laughs> the calm in the storm, which is really good. Like we work really well together. So he could weather my storms, which is kind of embarrassing to say, but like it's honest. And like, so my parents are divorced. They got divorced when I was two. So there's like abandonment things there, right? And I remember him saying to me like, I'm not going anywhere. I don't know why. 
why you think I'm leaving? And I was like, you're not? Wait, what? And he's like, no, this is really weird. Like, why would I leave? <laughs> I don't know, because I'm crazy. <laughs> right. But then I was like, oh, and it took me a while to believe that. Would also embarrassing to admit, but like, it took me a while to believe like, oh, you are staying. Okay, cool. <laughs> I mean, that's another like thing that can cause you to act like that if you haven't healed yeah. yourself is like the underlying fear that you might not even realize is there that mm-hmm. you, he could leave and you could be abandoned. It like could cause you to like react like that. And that's something you don't even realize until you start doing the work. It is so crazy. All of the layers of how you function. It's absolutely insane. Okay, so now we have some listener questions. If you're ready for those. Bring them. I'm ready. Do you have any tips for recognizing what you're doing wrong and not pointing fingers? Yeah, there's, you know, it kind of goes back to that whole thing that I, like the analogy that I use with doing the dishes. Like you start with a compliment, you add in the critique, and then you follow up with a compliment. So if you feel like you could say, hey, you know what? Thank you so much for being such a great stepmom. The kid kid or kids really love when you do crafts with them. I'm noticing though, or I, or they have mentioned, not I, but like they have mentioned they don't like that you yell at them or they don't like that you're the one that does bedtime or they don't like that you don't go to all of their sporting events or whatever, but they love having you in their life. So you will like start with compliment, put in the critique and as a compliment, is there something that we can do to work on maybe you going to more sporting events or maybe you not doing bedtime or whatever it is. And sometimes if you're going to critique the stepmom and you're not in a good situation, starting with a compliment is really freaking hard, right? It's really hard to like compliment somebody that you don't like or is actively working against you, but find something something the kids probably like her or they like something that she makes like for dinner whatever the case may be start with a compliment put in your critique end with a compliment and then how can we work together which works like in any dynamic did your husband like put in work like that as well or did you focus on like your your own healing okay so for this specifically like that is like his background like he's been an instructor and um has some had some like high profile things and so he's very diplomatic but like that came about with like working on me being diplomatic but yeah he has had to learn to set boundaries to say no he's had to navigate tricky situations or tricky relationships or maintaining relationships and so it was a lot of growth like together but individually we were working on like our own things but it all like fed into one thing which is the crazy thing like honestly Lauren like if I could go back and skip like the first three years of our marriage not our relationship because that was great it was like once we got married that like solidified I was not going anywhere oh my gosh I would love to tell you yes I would absolutely do that I don't think that I would go back and skip that because it forced me to do that work and we wouldn't have the relationship that we have now like if I skipped that work I wouldn't have been forced to like face the fire face the music and like do the work right and I feel like we all need that eventually we're all gonna find a situation where we need to work on our the longer you put it off, like the harder I think it is. That is so true. I meant to ask you this earlier, but did you move to Michigan like right when you guys got married or did you move there before? I moved here December of 2013 and then we got married May of 2015. And to, like, oh, okay. I moved into their house. Oh, yeah. 
it was really treacherous for me. Um, I felt like, well, my husband blatantly said, like, you can't change anything in the house because this is the kids' house. And like, this is what they've known. Like, they grew up here. And I was like, oh, so no, I'm living in so a shrine to your previous marriage. That is, I'm about to like blow a top. And then I changed things. And I remember, so I, we actually have a good relationship with the other house. Like the communication that was just between the two of us, like my husband isn't even on it. My stepson moved in August of 2019 full time. And so it was basically just her and I communicating then now mind you I was not to her but to myself sabotaging my relationship with her because I was jealous because I was insecure because I was anxious because I felt like I was in a competition but those were my own issues and I never like put them out on her like I'm not going to project that onto her but yeah we do have a good relationship but it was it was really hard to move into this house like some of our stuff was still here. Um, Everyone had like their seat at the table where they sat. So the kids sat in their seat and where did I sit? Her seat. So that was a situation like, but then my husband and I've talked about it and he's like, yeah, you know what? Looking back, it would have been easier to give her the house and for me to get my own place and have a completely different house because same thing, you'd be starting off with like a fresh start. I've never been divorced, so I don't know. But I would think that moving into a house where you didn't share it would also be healing. Okay, so our next question is, how do I start the process of healing? I feel so lost. Feeling lost is very normal. I felt like that too. I would start with, what are your triggers? Take a mental note of what's happening, whether it's in your work life, whether it's your personal life, whether it's with the kids, your partner, whatever the situation is. And make a note of the things that bring up whatever in you or that make you feel irritable, that make you feel like you're on eggshells, that make you feel anxious or insecure or jealous or like you're in a competition, like all of the things that I had, which are pretty common for stepmoms. Make a note of them over like a day or a week or maybe take a month and really ask yourself, why do I feel like I'm in a competition with whatever? Why do I feel insecure about this? Why do I feel jealous about that? It's looking at yourself objectively or like looking at your emotions objectively and figuring out why is this happening to me? Why am I struggling with this? And sometimes it is because you're a childhood. Sometimes it is because you've never been in this situation. Like I didn't get a manual when I became a stepmom. But figure out why are you feeling like this? And honestly, the best advice I can give you is to get support early and often as a stepmom. And you can go online and you can find all of the free resources. You can listen to all of the podcasts. That's great. That didn't work for me. And it didn't work because I was just consuming what somebody else had put out. They don't know my situation. So I would say, do what I did, get a therapist or I'm a stepmom coach, come and talk to me, but get help early and often because it's so hard navigating this by yourself. And most stepmoms I know don't have real life stepmom friends, which I didn't either. No one understood. I was 26. All my friends were like, run. (laughs) Yes, I know. That is like the most unhelpful thing. I got that a lot too. I'm like, that's not what I want to hear from you. I was just venting. Like your friend group starts to shrink and you start to feel isolated and you start to feel lonely and you start to wallow in that. I did too. Like no one understands what I'm going through. And that's like where having like these online communities also helps a lot. Yeah. It's eye-opening how many people go through the same things. It's still kind of taboo to talk about being a stepmom online because all of the hate, like what is going on? But yeah, get help early and often. Um, It's kind of like off topic a little bit, but like the communication with your partner is also 
a good place to start, in my opinion, because if they're not afraid to tell you what you could be doing differently, which mine was at first, because like I said, I don't take constructive criticism very well. But if you open up that space to let him, it's easier for him to see what you're doing wrong than it's easier for you to see what you're doing wrong. Your team. So you should be able to have that conversation and it not ruin your relationships. All right. So we got one more and she says, where do I start with self-reflection? Sometimes I wonder if it's all uh, high conflict biomon that's the problem or if me and my husband have improvements to make too. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, you probably have improvements to make. Yeah. I I mean, like, (laughs) yeah, listening to this podcast, like if you haven't picked that up, like for sure, same thing, like the last one, like you need to be able to objectively look at your conflicts. If you can make time, because I know that it's really hard, like especially in today's world, even if it's you're driving, like just drive in silence and replay your last arguments or replay like the last like conflict that came up with you guys in the other house and think about like, like walk through like what happened. Okay. So we got a text about a last minute schedule change because I'm using that analogy because, or that example, because that's the thing that I see the most with stepmoms. It's the last minute schedule changes. And so you get this last minute schedule change text and what is your reaction? So your partner says, oh man, you know, the kids are coming today at whatever time. Like he's just found out. Maybe he's mad about it too, because you guys had a date night planned or you guys were just like looking forward to like having time by yourself. What was your reaction if it wasn't that great? So then you've got some work to do. And actually one of my freebies, I just put out um, like a mini, I, I call them quick wins, like a quick win about this. And it's about how to deal with your step family stressors. And I walk you through this worksheet that I had to do with my therapist. And so you've got different columns and you, each column has got a different thing, like the stressors, what your um, reaction is, why it's not working, and then what your new response is going to be. And it really gets you to objectively look at what am I doing? What is my reaction? Reaction is the keyword there because you're just reacting to something to this stressor. And then you, you know, like work through it and then you, you get to pick out a new response. So rather than flipping out about this text that just came through that they just got and being like, oh, I hate that you've been married before. I hate that you've got kids from a previous relationship. Very normal responses, just so you know. So if you're listening and you're like, that's what I do, girlfriend, me too. But like, (laughs) if you, if you're like, I hate this, like this sucks, it's never going to get better. All of those things are very normal. Those are very, very valid feelings. Everyone has done that. I promise you. But then why isn't that working? And then what is your new response going to be? Maybe you're going to walk away. Maybe you're going to go pull weeds. Maybe you're going to meditate. Maybe you're going to go for a run. Maybe you're going to run errands. Maybe you're going to get yourself out of that situation. If you can't be in that situation and not flip out or not say something snarky, because that was me too, like I'm pretty sarcastic. That doesn't always work either. (laughs) But like... (laughs) Get yourself out of that situation. End result, there's a last minute schedule change. What are we going to do about it? Like we can say no, okay? And then whatever's going to happen, we can go with it and whatever's going to happen. But what are you going to do? Like it comes down to controlling what you are going to do. And it's really hard to be in that situation and control what you're going to do and control your emotions. So figure out like, why are you triggered by this? Why are you reactive to this? And then once you like can get curious about, okay, so why is this happening? I don't want a last minute schedule change because I've got a date night. Okay. That makes total sense. But I don't want a last minute schedule change because I don't want the kids here. Well, why? Because I feel triggered. I feel annoyed. Why? And then just keep asking yourself why, and then you'll get to the root cause of it. But yeah, it's just objectively looking at why your reactions to these 
aren't working. Yeah. I love that. Keep asking yourself why is great advice. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that is all the questions we have for today. And that kind of works out because we're about out of time. So do you just want to go over where people can find you and what you help people with and all that? Yeah. So I'm Alicia Crosco everywhere. My website is Alicia Crosco. Instagram is my platform of choice. So I hang out on there. Um, and I recently have gotten like, I don't know, you know, I send out messages. Um, so if you follow me, like you'll get a message or if you respond to you know, like one of my things, I will respond back. So I've got my own personal community, which is called the Stepmom Side Community. And that's also on my website. I have a podcast, the Stepmom Side Podcast. Um, I do have a course on resentment. That's also on my website. It's under courses. And then like I talked about like the quick win, but I offer um, one-on-one coaching, which I love that. Like I find it very re- rewarding to see like stepmoms go from like how we were, like how we talk about to like where we are now and getting you to that and getting you to objectively look at what part you own in this too, because you do own a part. So coaching, I've got either Zoom calls or Voxer, which is like if you're really busy and you've got life happens, Voxer is just like messages like throughout the day or voice notes throughout the day. But again, all of that's at aliciacrasco.com. Awesome. And obviously we'll tag you and everything too. So Perfect. Um, it was so awesome talking to you today. Thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Raising His Kids. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave us a five-star review. And don't forget that we have the Stepmom Facebook community and Instagram page. We'll see you next time. Bye.